right. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you happen to be hiding out there on the globe today. Welcome to the WP Plugins A to Z interview show. With me today is Mike Stott from Manchester, England. He is the CEO and founder of Epic Plugins and Epic Themes. He was also the co-founder of Zero BS CRM, a WordPress plugin that adds CRM functionality to your dashboard. And he's here to join me today to talk about his plugins. We're going to hit a little high points about the REST API, what it's like to change from a nine to five job for WP to a full time WordPress plugin uh, business and a few other things. So welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks, John. Um, it's I'll say it's a bit later over here. It's 8 p.m. in the UK. And um, so we're bustling a bit of a time difference, um, but it'll be, it'll yeah. be good to talk through um, the if I say my journey into the world of WordPress um, from what was probably not the way you'd normally expect to go into this sort of job. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I can sort of understand that, though I've been pretty much self-employed for 20 years. It was still uh, a challenge to uh, move my business forward. So at any rate, we'll, we'll start right off the top in there at that point there. What was it like for you? Obviously, you had a full-time job. How long how long did you do plugins part time along with your full time job before you saw that your plugin business was viable? So it was about four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started. Um, uh, it started back um, in two thousand eleven, towards the end of two thousand eleven, um, when I was leaving um, a job as a pensions consultant and. At the time, I, I had a three-month notice where I wasn't able to go on any, any um, client work. Mm-hmm. So um, I was chatting to one of the senior managers in another office, and at the time, it was when Call of Duty on the PlayStation 4 was really popular, so we all used to play that in our spare time. And one of them said to me, oh, you've, you've got three months of pretty much doing nothing. Um, why don't you just write a, a book and how to be rubbish at Call of Duty? Because I was always the worst one um, out of all of the players that used to go on it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I started writing a book called 101 Tips to Get Worse at Call of Duty. Um, released that as an e-book towards the end of um, 2011, which coincided with the, like another version of the game coming out. And that, for me, did quite well because it was something that I sort of... It was my first taste of passive income. Um, oh, nice. So it sort of came on the back of that. And then I thought, oh, I, I can actually... I can write these in my spare time. I was single at the time. Mm-hmm. And... I released probably another two or three books, and it was doing around about um, $100 a week at the time. Um, That's not a bad thing to have coming in. Yeah, and so on on the back of that, I thought, well, I'm giving Amazon quite a big chunk of the change here, so let's put a website together that um, I can sell my books direct. Mm -hmm. So I tried to do that, and I had no um, WordPress development experience. I had no... um, at university, I did a math degree, so I didn't do any computer science or anything like that. It was all from, if that's all right, I've got. I want to set this website up. What do I do? Um, how do I like save the books that I want to sell? So I did a bit of research, found WordPress, um, which was way more popular in 2011 and 12, and it still is now than alternatives like Joomla or Drupal. Right. So I thought I'm going to go with WordPress. I learned it from there and, and started effectively. Building a custom website to sell ebooks, and then I try people onto the website to sell their own ebooks, and then I take a commission, and I, I built it under like an offer system rather than a fixed price. So again, there was a lot of like, 
what do you want to see? I had about 150 authors on the website selling their books through my website, um, but it wasn't actually selling any books. So they were listing the books, but it wasn't selling any to anybody else. And so that was, it was taking a ton of my time to convert their books right. to relevant formats, and it wasn't making any money. Um, but I did have a couple of you know, like feature requests. So one author said, I'm writing a new book, and I've got 10 book cover ideas. Um, it'd be good if I could have a gallery on my profile page, and if people click on a, an image of a book, it'll bring it up like on Facebook, and you can like, and you can comment, and you can share. So I went about, and I'm looking to build that feature. Um, so actually, it was a little bit outside of my um, skill set at the time. So I went on a freelancing website, found a freelancer there, and he quoted me at the time, um, a thousand UK pounds to, to build this plugin, and I, the website wasn't making any money, so I said, look, I, I really can't can't afford even like a hundred pounds. Like, so he went away, right. came back, and we went into it in like a joint venture agreement uh, back then, um, and that turned into the Social Gallery plugin, which was our first plugin that we put on um, a marketplace called Cold Canyon, and it pretty much just went from there. So that started. It started off, and we, we weren't really expecting it to sell any because it was sort of on the back of the website, and that ended up doing um, probably about $500 in its first month. Um, but then nice. over time, it's continued to keep selling, and it's it's probably done in the past four years uh, about $100,000 in sales. So it's very nice. It's a very strong performing plugin, and but because it was a joint venture, and I and the other de developer did a lot of the development. Mm -hmm. I was getting like a small share of that at the time. Right. So that's when I really started to see there was money to be made in selling my own code. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so then I learned myself to write a few other um, different WordPress plugins, and I put my own um, code coding account up. And then we like we, we decided. So I'm still really good friends with this developer, and I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, okay. But. We we had this like race to who could get ten thousand sales the quickest, <laughs> and we and like we had this custom website both tracking each of the um, accounts uh, on Envato and sort of showing which one was sort of getting there the quickest and so that went on for a good couple of years until I ended up um, buying him out of the other plugin oh. because he he had other um, commitments at the time mm -hmm. so he couldn't support it he couldn't um, it just got because we had quite a lot of users it's sold nearly five thousand copies now so. Yeah. And nice. each, each sale had like quite a lot of people like asking questions, and it, it got too much for him. Um, and I was sort of effectively wanting to get into this more, so I thought well, it made sense. And so we, we did the transaction, and it, uh, I ended up purchasing it in the middle of 2013. Very nice. Well, let me ask you here, uh, and tell us at what point in the build-up of a business, do you do you think it's when someone should head out from their nine-to-five job and commit themselves fully, when they've fully made money or partway to making the money or somewhere in the beginning? You know, what what, what sort of, what, how did you finally make that decision? It depends on how risk-averse you are. Um, so, so my previous role was, was, in, was as an actuary, so it was assessing risk and like, insurance and risking longevity and different different types of risk so depending on your own personal risk aversion uh -huh. um, you'll have people that feel comfortable as um, going 
as soon as they start to get like a little bite. So people might have gone after two or three months of a plugin doing $500 a month. Um, but for me, I was very, it took me a lot longer because um, I was effectively wanting to make sure I had enough um, cash flow behind me that if the sales completely dried up, then I'd have enough income to cover my uh, expenses for like t- two or three years. Ah, okay. So I sort of had in my head that there might be a risk that this cash flow just completely dries up. So I didn't want to leave until I got it to a set. And it's continued to be at a good level for pretty much ever since 2012. So in hindsight, I could have left in 2012. Right. But it would, it would have been a lot riskier. It would probably give me a lot more stress. And, and I probably would have ended up doing um, a lot more freelance than I probably would have liked to be doing. And oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. I understand how that goes. I do a lot more freelance than I than I like sometimes, but uh, then I do working on the little things that I prefer to be working on. Uh, let me ask you a question. Uh, you've got quite the portfolio of plugins. Uh, I was looking on your at uh, Envato where you've got eight plugins listed there, and uh, you've got quite a few plugins listed directly on your website. And uh, according to some of the information you said, you've got 20-plus plugins, 6-plus themes. So what's it like to manage that kind of portfolio? Do you manage it yourself, or do you have a team? Um, it's just myself. Um, so I've, I've doubled with having a team. Um, so I had a, somebody help me with support um, for, for about a year and, year and a bit, but then he ended up going to university, and he wasn't able to have a job on the side of going to university. It was one of the mm-hmm. conditions um, student visa so he so he couldn't um, carry on and then there was somebody else that helped me then when he left but then he's still in a nine-to-five and he got quite a lot of he was trying to get do freelance as well as do support and generally I found that like over, over the time as long as I've been building up the, the documentation for the products that, that even though we do get some support requests in still they're not as much as maybe they were at the start when it wasn't maybe as well documented. Um, so it's, I think it's been a combination of um, p- probably volume of sales for some of the plugins that don't really sell that many, right? And having documentation for the ones that do. Um, so even though I've got like twenty or thirty, uh, I think at the peak was about twenty plugins. There's probably only a handful that sell in volumes um, to, to worry me about support. So if I if I sell a lot, then I might get like a little flurry of support in. But well, if you're if you're handling it on your own, um, you've got like several plugins. I was looking at how many sales are listed up on Bottle Forum, but let's take for instance your Social Gallery WordPress Photo Viewer, which you've got over four thousand sales of the plugin for, and that one there has got to generate a bit of uh, support questions. How do you balance the support questions or the support you need to do with keeping your plugins up to date? And it's, it's got to be—it's a bit of a balancing act. I, I know because right now I've got two plugins that I've worked on, and I support them mostly for select clients. But uh, keeping them up to date is a challenge. So, how's it working for you? Um, the, there's some plugins that I've not updated for a while. Um, the, there's other, and I think if you give it enough time, you start having customers say. Oh, it's not been updated for a while. Are you still supporting it? So, I've had that recently with Social Gallery that I don't think I've updated it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, it works, and it there's a, a lot of plugins 
out there, certainly on Cold Canyon, they'll just do updates um, in an attempt to like game the system because they think there's like an algorithm play where a frequently updated plugin might get um, shown higher than one that isn't updated as frequent. And I think, and I think to a point, then it's sort of that is to a case. But people that are updating like weekly, it just gets a bit too much for the customers as well. Um, so I, I try and um, get an update out maybe what like once every six months. But some of them, if there's no if there's nothing to update, then it it gets a little bit like well, I'm only updating this so the last updated um, line well, changes. You're like, right. I get less plugins don't last. always need update. Like one of my favorite plugins that I re-reviewed in my show that goes out today is uh, one for fast image insertion into WordPress. It hasn't been updated in four years. Granted, the author's probably abandoned it, but the plugin still functions well. It doesn't seem to have any security issues. You know, a lot of times, updates I see, usually, hopefully, they're adding new features to it or enhancing the features that currently exist, You know, or repairing or replacing uh, security issues. That's what I expect from updates. I don't know what other people expect. <laughs> so. Yeah, and as for feature requests, we don't really get too many sort of feature requests coming in. So um, certainly for Social Gallery, that's it does a job of opening it, opening an image in a light box like Facebook, and you can like and share and comment. It it does that's its sort of narrow focus, and it it does it well. Uh-huh. Um, the main reasons for updating that is if Facebook changed their um, API number and and they require that. Effectively, you need to update your permissions, or and they're they're generally quite small tweaks. Nice. Um, so, so I, I updated the, the video viewer um, probably only a couple of weeks ago because YouTube had closed their um, old API, so it now needed an API key to get the video information for the YouTube video. So right. that that drove an update on the back of that change. But mm-hmm. generally, keep keep throwing new updates in there. It, it can also it, it can overcomplicate the product as well for the end users. So you might have one person that wants this feature, and but then all of your four thousand nine hundred other people are fine with it. And if you add that feature, it might break something else that then causes issues with the people that didn't want that feature or were happy, quite happy. Quite happy with, with the way it was. <laughs> Been there, done that. So let me ask you, you you made mention in the email that you'd sent out here about uh, a little bit about the WordPress REST API and new areas and integrations that it's uh, developing. Now, from my point of view, I I don't often spend time writing, but I spend time fixing or avoiding hacked websites. And I've seen a lot of issues with the the openness of the API. And there's been several things that passed the web in the last couple of months uh, from WordPress 4.7 to 4.73 where they plugged a bunch of security holes and I think I'm thinking today after working on a client site where I was having an issue that uh, it looks like there's still a couple of holes in the API what is your viewpoints about the REST API and what kind of areas are you talking about with how it can create inner integrations for you Um, yeah sure so at the time that I sent you the email, um, we had the plans to use the REST API that was now included in WordPress 4.7 for the API for the CRM plugin that we're right. um, of. So I've been the, the lead developer on that um, work stream. But as, as soon as I started reading into the documentation, I'm like, well, there's, there's no 
there's no API key, there's no API secret. There, there was nothing that, it, it was effectively like an RSS feed in JSON format that it w it didn't, I think there's still a way for it to go to be able to, to really build on it. So, so we ended up building our own um, API using the same sort of, um, using our own custom endpoints within the plugin. Right. So uh, we effectively wrote an API wrapper for our um, our custom posts that are within the CRM. So the customer lists, the invoices, the quotes, the transactions, and the ability to create, and that's driven from API keys and API secrets. It's a bit similar to how WooCommerce have their own like, API within. Right. Their, so it's rather than rely on the WP REST API, which didn't have but it didn't seem to have proper authentication um, yet that it, it was doing the cookies. So if you're logged in, right, uh, then you can access the API. Um, but that's no good if you're trying to build an iPhone app or a Chrome extension, which are some of the things that we're looking at for the CRM. Oh, okay. So we wanted to build our own um, way to input an API key, a secret, and have your custom endpoints that then give you the same type of output that the, the REST API does. Yeah. Go ahead. I think in a couple of years, or, or hopefully sooner, that, that, that they'll get like a proper build out of the the WordPress API because it does seem like there's a lot of developers looking forward um, to to building Angular apps that have WordPress as the as the database yeah. side of. It. Well, it might be that they rushed it too quick out there. I don't know. Um, I know that we've been looking forward to the REST API for a long time, and then when it arrives, we, we start seeing all kinds of unique ways that it's being abused. And uh, the, abuse that, the abuse that I recently, that I've dealt with recently today, actually, was uh, it seemed like uh, they'd found a way to insert uh, spam comments into websites without the... Uh, Without the without with having the commenting system turned off in the dashboard of WordPress, so one that I'm still tracking down, but not certain it's the REST API yet. But that's my that's my theory at the moment. Yeah. So anyway, um, tell us a bit about uh, some of the better plugins you've got over at uh, Code Canyon, and uh, this is a point where you get to. Uh, Give us all the uh, URLs and everything so people can get hold of you. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so, so what's the best way for, for sending the links? Are you going to include them in show notes? I will include them in show notes. Uh, you just uh, forward them on to me. Some of them I've grabbed off your websites by uh, following everything I could search about you. And uh, those will be in there. But uh, tell us a bit about uh, On Code Canyon. Which ones are your better selling plugins you've got there? Um, so um, in it was probably about... May last year, I closed down one of my Code Canyon accounts and started selling direct um, for a number of reasons. And I'm probably going to go the same way soon with the other account. Um, okay. But, but um, so, so the, the Code Canyon Epic Plugins account, the, the best performing plugins on there are um, the Social Gallery Photo Viewer and Social Buzz. So, so Social Gallery Photo Viewer, we've spoke about right. um, quite a bit before it gives you your Facebook Lightbox for any of your image galleries on your website. Um, the Social Buzz plugin gives you, um, it's a social sh share graph for how many likes and shares your articles had over time. Mm -hmm. So if if you've got a very viral article, then 
you'll be getting a lot of shares in the short period of time and, and you'll have a nice looking graph, but if it's quite a slow um, article that's getting like a share every couple of days, it's more of a flat chart. So it's a visual way of see, seeing um, an article's buzz, effectively. So um, they're probably the two most popular plugins on Code Canyon. Um, the on the theme side, um, it, it will be the, the Plugin Hunt theme, which is pluginhunt.com. Okay. And that's um, it's it's a WordPress theme that lets you have a, a, a Product Hunt style website. So Product Hunt's a very popular um, curation website, and um, all my themes have effectively been um, written around um, like like um, a curation, upvote, downvote type. Um, WordPress theme, so it, that started off with the with the with the Reddit theme. So I created a theme in a weekend, and this was while I was still in my nine to five. Um, I gave myself like a mini challenge of making Reddit for WordPress. So right. I developed the so this was back in 2012. I can't exactly remember when. Um, so it was my first WordPress theme. I built it using Bootstrap and um learn because of my maths background I, I decided to um research the reddit algorithms and how the upvoting downvoting worked and build that into a plugin as well mm -hmm. so so that's um a theme and also a plugin if you wanted it on a on a different website um but then it was probably early 2013 um that i believe growth hackers i don't know if you've heard of growthhackers.com no, don't believe I have. So, so they actually purchased um, the WP Edit theme um, at the time, mm -hmm. and well, then modified it quite a bit into um, to be used for for their Growth Hackers website. And then I had a customer of my theme say, "Oh, I found out that this website's using your theme, um, but it looks different than your demo. Is there anything? Um, and you make me a version like that?" So I effectively did the same types of modifications and since so, so, so growth hackers now is probably a very popular website similar to product hunt and then on the back of that um, someone said our product hunt also using your theme so i think product hunt launched i'm not sure when they launched but it was definitely after that first theme i built so i had people thinking the um, new content creation websites were using my themes so i built very similar versions um and those sell quite well because people quite like the sort of plug and play and have a website quite similar to this website. Right. Uh, so it's it's easy for them and it's a lot cheaper than um, than, buying, than than paying a developer to develop it for them because um, that's just if somebody wants to have a website that looks like Reddit, then they'll probably go about doing it. And it's really what content they're putting it on. There. It's not giving away any of the data from those types of websites. It's just it looks a bit like it, and people might think because that website does well, then I use this theme. It's not people know what they're doing. It's familiar, and it's the same with the right. Facebook like uh, with the social gallery viewer that it's the familiar feel of something. And cool. Very nice. All right. Well, let's give off some uh, URLs, and uh, we're going to wrap this one up then. Okay. Sure. Um, just want me to to list them out. Yeah, you, you list them out, and I'll make sure they're in the show notes so that people can just go to the show notes to click on them, but sometimes when they hear them, they'll remember them. So. 
Yeah, sure. So the Social Gallery plugin is socialgalleryplugin.com. Yeah. And the product hunt style theme is pluginhunt.com. And that's the demo website where I use it to hunt plugins. So it's it does confuse some people that think it might be a plugin, but that's definitely a theme. Um, and then you've got um, wpedit.com, which is like Reddit, but WP for WordPress. So mm-hmm. wpedit.com. Um, they're all available through epicthemes.com and epicplugins.com as well. Okay. Um, and then the final um, thing that we've not really spoke about is um, the CRM um, product that we've just relaunched. It's just about a year old, and that's zerobscrm.com. So that's um, a customer relationship management software within your WordPress. So if, if you want a CRM for your clients or for your um, or for, what, for whatever you may need it for, if you're selling products through WooCommerce, then you install this free plugin off WordPress, and then there's some extensions that you can purchase which are optional, which will get your customers from your WooCommerce store into your CRM. Nice. And there's lots of different things that this um, CRM can do. And we've, we've written the API to integrate with Zapier, mm-hmm. um, which is like a middleman between lots of other services. So anybody that signs up to your MailChimp can then be imported into your um, WordPress customer list. So everything's in one place and you can contact your clients easily and, and know all of the history um, between them. Right. So uh, that's our main offerings at the moment. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Mike. I really appreciate your time on the show here today. And don't go away here. We're just going to hang on for a second. Thanks for listening to the show. This show is copyrighted by johnoverall.com. So until next time, have yourselves a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you happen to be out there on the globe today. <laughs>